Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to episode six of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. As you probably know by now, I created this podcast to really help the millions of overwhelmed educators and bring that support tools and mindset to reduce teacher burnout and keep teaching sustainable. But one of the things that I've not discussed enough on this podcast is that all these strategies, the science behind burnout, all of that really doesn't matter if we haven't done the inner work. You see, you can't be your best self if you're consistently doing things that are negating those external strategies that you're using to reduce burnout. For instance, you may be a nice, helpful person and you just allow people to push the envelope and they use you for everything. But then when your administrator asks you to take on yet another project or another club after you just took one on last week, you explode ruining a work relationship. So by practicing inner work, you can assess that you keep on falling into this and other patterns that really aren't healthy or help you with your work, career, and home life. So before you can bring your best self into your classroom, you need to ensure that you're regularly monitoring yourself for signs of destructive behavior that end up cycling in burnout. That's why today we are joined by Sierra Richards, who is a first grade teacher who is all about using inner work to heal. In this episode, she is sharing with us how this healing directly affects teaching, reignites passion, prevents burnout, and will reform the failing education system from the inside out. Let's get into it. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you know that our guest, Sierra, is one of the amazing presenters in the Summer Self-Care Conference, which is a free online event that's going to be held Friday, July 22nd through the 24th, where 13 plus different experts, including world-renowned teacher authors Amber Harper and Meredith Newland, 
are bringing you actionable presentations on things like nutrition, healing your inner child, boundaries, mindset shifting, teaching with less turbulence, no stress accessible lesson planning, using creative writing to heal from burnout and compassion fatigue, and so much more. The best thing about this conference is it's all online. You can attend all the sessions in this three-day event from the comfort of your own couch. And the event is not only going to be super fun, informative, and uh, life-changing, but there will be additional prizes, games, and just an overall good time. You can grab your free ticket at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash summer self-care conference, all one word. And I'll also link it in the show notes for you to check out as well. So even if you're someone who feels like they're really getting the hang of reducing your burnout, have some pretty good strategies in place, I really think that this episode is going to be great for you because it's going to help you give yourself some reminders about doing that inner work and getting yourself in check with the thing that we as educators need to focus on when it comes to recovering from burnout. Sierra Richards is a first grade teacher who believes that inner child work heals the teacher, therefore impacting the humanization of self and students. Sierra has spent eight years teaching first grade at a rural Title I public school, as well as seven years combined as a paraprofessional educator, school secretary, and district grants manager and writer. Sierra has also worked extensively to heal her trauma, including her inner child, and is currently sharing with teachers how this healing directly affects teaching, reignites passion, prevents burnout, and will reform the failing education system from the inside out. So welcome, Sierra. I am so excited for you to be a part of the podcast. For those listeners who don't know you or aren't familiar with your work, can you tell them a little bit about yourself? Thank you for having me on today. I'm really excited to be here. I'm a first grade teacher at a Title I rural public school. I'll be entering my ninth year teaching, and then I have seven years prior experience as a paraprofessional in kindergarten. I was an elementary school secretary for some time and also the school district's grants manager and writer. I've always been extremely passionate about working with children. I've always wanted to be a teacher as far back as I can remember. It was actually extremely difficult for me to get where I am today. I was raised in a cult-type religion where I was fed that my sole duty was to preach God's word to people and college was completely off of the table. I moved out when I was 17. I've been estranged from multiple multiple family members since due to the religious beliefs. Um, During my senior year of high school, I went to school. I worked two jobs. I also took college courses. And then when I graduated, I wasn't able to receive financial aid um, for school, even though I was a valedictorian. Um, I didn't have parents that would co-sign for financial aid. I wasn't a mother then, a veteran, or a ward of the state. So I paid for school out of pocket until I was 24 and then able to apply for financial aid independently and then graduated with a dual degree in elementary and special education in 2014. So long story short, it took me a lot of work to get where I am today. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I did not know the the other parts of your story. So <laughs> that is crazy and really shows a lot of like personal growth that you've done. So I actually met Sierra through Instagram. Mm -hmm. I was scrolling along, saw this teacher friend with tattoos, drinking loose leaf tea and talking about inner child work. And I was like, um, yeah, new best friend. (laughs) So can you share a little bit about like your teacher journey? What led you to inner child work? So once I started teaching, it was like I entered, you know, full of passion and excitement. I was 
you know, worked really hard to get there. I also had several years tutoring elementary students when I was in high school and then those five years as a paraprofessional. But it was like the door was open to teaching and then I was just pushed down the stairs. (laughs) I was just falling and falling and falling all year long. And I, I had more experience than most people entering the classroom, but it was hard. My classroom management sucked. I was struggling emotionally with the stress of not knowing how to get a handle on everything, how to keep up with the workload, what and how to plan lessons. And then there was a student side of it. I was unknowingly being triggered every day by their behaviors, their home experiences, dealing with secondhand trauma while carrying my own, all of the things. Like I cried every single day, but I I didn't give up. So as the years progressed, I started, started to get things dialed in. Truthfully, I got pretty tight with classroom management and compliance. And now I know that's not the way to go. I've learned a lot about the brain and trauma and yeah, I, I pride myself in how I run things now. Each year, my students, we we experience a, a tight family relationship in my classroom now. We learn, we play, we grow. We focus a lot on emotional intelligence and social learning. And during the pandemic is, is where things really started to evolve for me. We know that that time of teaching was just wild and it was so hard. And I really started to question is this the right profession for me? Even though I knew I was a good teacher, I just, I didn't know if I could handle the stress or the burnout, the toll in my mind and on my body. I started getting a little bit spiritual also and giving my upbringing. It was kind of hard, but I was like, okay, I'm going to ask the universe here <laughs> for a sign. <laughs> so I asked the universe for, for a sign. And they say to be, be specific and don't overthink it and give a timeline. So I asked the universe, am I supposed to remain a first grade teacher at this school? If so, in the next 24 hours, give me the sign in the form of a grasshopper. Okay, it's winter time. So I'm like, oh my God. I wake up in the morning and it's snowing. And we're in the Nevada desert. It doesn't snow, but like two times a year. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not signing my letter of intent, apparently. (laughs) So I I go to school and one of my students comes in and she had come from the Boys and Girls Club around many other caregivers. And I knew right away that something was wrong. Something had happened. And when I got to talk to her, she took off her beanie, all of this. She had very clearly been physically abused. pretty badly. So we go through the, yeah, we go through the DCFS, the, the police, the, all the things I have a sub in my classroom. And at that time we were doing this half day schedule thing because of um, COVID and all of that. So we weren't sure where she was supposed to go in the afternoon. Were we sending her back? What were we doing? And she wouldn't leave my side. So we were in this like partly empty classroom, the student, myself, and our safe school professional, and she's drawing on these little scrap pieces of paper, and she loves unicorns, just loves them. So she's drawn, Mrs. Richards, I'm going to draw a unicorn. So she's working, and she goes, oh, man, Mrs. Richards, this isn't a unicorn. This looks like a grasshopper. Oh, my gosh. And at that point, I just... 
I like it gives me goosebumps still to this day. I I've got I don't know. I just like became vacant at that point. I think so. <laughs> so at that point, that's when I started doing inner work and especially inner child work. <laughs> wow, that is like I know that's a that's a lot there. <laughs> no, but it's like it it really is one of those moments where you're like. Yep. The universe gave me that sign, like a clear indication. Wow. That is, that gave Mm -hmm. me goosebumps. Really? It did. Yeah. It was wild. My husband's not into all those things, but he goes, Oh my gosh, it, it, wow. This is meant to be. (laughs) Yes. And I know so many teachers can relate to that feeling of just overwhelm where you just want someone to tell you that it's okay to leave or it's worth it to stay. So I know that listeners can really empathize with those feelings there, but that sign was as clear as day. You had more work to do. So for those listeners who are like, who are like, what the heck is inner child healing? Can you tell them like a little bit about what that means? What does it look like? Like who is the inner child? Yeah. So I I read this quote that said that you are every age that you have ever been. And, And it's true. You carry all those memories, all of those experiences with you, whether you remember them or not. So By the age of six or seven, you have a set of innate beliefs about yourself and about the world that become increasingly harder to change. And all this gets stored in your subconscious. And that's what impacts your thought, your emotions, decisions, actions, etc. We all have an inner child. And well, really, we have many inner children, just ourselves at different phases within us, um, different ages. And a a lot of people misunderstand the term inner child as part of you that's playful, but it really is much more deeper in that your inner child houses a lot of how you were programmed and how you were conditioned and how you move through life. It's inner child work is a great way to rewire your subconscious. So the aim of inner child work is reparenting, finding your inner child. I use visualization for this work and then reconnecting with that child, establishing safety, love, trust, and then reparenting that child the way that they need. So as you become increasingly aware of how and when your inner child shows up throughout the day, you will be able to understand deeper the way that you speak and show up, react, make decisions, and then you can work through the why so as to reparent and then rewire your brain. Wow. So I know you talked a little bit earlier about how you had some religious trauma from your past and some other things that were happening. And then you have the student Mm -hmm. who is struggling with being, you know, having trauma also. So what about those teachers who may have had like this peachy keen childhood, no real adversity, their parents were still together, never argued. Why might those teachers need inner child work as well? I'm really excited about this question. It's such a great question. Um, Inner child work is great for those that have troubling childhoods who've experienced trauma adversity. Um, That is what led me here, but not all teachers have experienced this, like you said. Um, Just like we all have an inner child, we also have an internal parent, whether we know it or not. So there's that voice that sets boundaries and priorities and says no. So if your childhood was pretty good and you don't have much baggage from that period of your life, your internal parent may be causing your inner child trouble without you even knowing it. So think about teacher burnout. 
How often are you letting teacher duties dictate your thoughts, your emotions, decisions, and actions? How often are you letting the excuses get in the way of meeting your own needs and desires? How often are you shooting on yourself and telling your inner child no? We work with children every day, but maybe ignoring our own inner children. Your inner child still has needs and wants, even today. She wants not just to play, but to be heard, to feel loved, to be trusted. She wants to hike on a Saturday morning or spend some time drawing or dancing. She might be aching to read a book that's not just for PD. She yearns to be vulnerable and communicate without hesitation and being pushed to the wayside. Inner child work isn't just for people who have experienced adversity. It really can be helpful for most people. And if not, then don't do it. (laughs) If it intrigues you, definitely try it. Right. Wow. I I love the way that you described all of that because I hadn't really thought about how the inner parent works, like how it interacts with the inner child. And you're so Mm -hmm. right about like how that affects burnout and those teachers who are burnout, because lots of times when I think about things and I'm just kind of reflecting um, on my own experience, like my inner parent tells me, you've got to work hard. You've got to keep pushing. You've got to keep pushing. And so lots of times that led Mm -hmm. me to that overload burnout. Um, So that makes complete sense. So how does healing the inner child and Mm reparenting affect teachers in their classrooms and their students and even outside of the classroom? Working with your inner child, it directly ties to teaching. We as teachers have a unique experience in that we're working with kids most of the time. So we're already in that mindset. And if we start seeing, listening, valuing, honoring, loving our inner child, we're going to be better able to do those things for the children that we work with each day. We also start to see our own selves as humans once again, establishing self-loyalty and boundaries, reprioritizing, honoring our own needs and wants. And then this all transfers over to the way that we teach. The kids know. They are smart. <laughs> they see through the masks that we put on. And I, I really don't believe that our what our students need or want as a teacher that's carrying a bunch of baggage while being resentful or the perfect martyr. And this work transfers over to every part of your life. It's not just teaching. You will listen deeper, be more patient, be more open to others' interpretations of experiences. You'll, You'll be more emotionally intelligent. Absolutely. Like I I can see how this can really impact and I've done my, a lot of inner child work on my own, but just talking with you Mm -hmm. right now is kind of having me reflect a lot more about some of those things that you were just talking about. And so I know you talk about this a little bit in your session for the summer self-care conference, but can you share with the listeners a little bit about how inner child work, our subconscious, how that all really works with the nervous system? Your, your subconscious, as I mentioned before, is what houses your experiences, memories, and innate beliefs. It makes up 95% of your brain and also handles everything your body needs to function. Your nervous system is what enables the communication between the brain and the body. So when you get overly stressed, you start burning out, your subconscious then tries to protect you physically and emotionally. And when the stressors keep coming, the nervous system, that communication mode, it gets 
overloaded. And when the nervous system gets overloaded, you're in survival mode. Your prefrontal cortex, which is what houses logical thinking, is hardly able to even work at this point, if it is at all. Stress is caused by interpretation of your environment, the things that are happening, your experiences, and then emotion occurs from thought. So to change the emotion, you have to change the thought. And to change the thought, you have to be aware and rewire your brain. And there's many ways that you can go about doing this, but I prefer to work with my subconscious through the inner child work. Absolutely. So one of the biggest things that I hear educators say, and I'm sure you know, you've heard it too, is that, well, they wouldn't be burned out if there weren't these standardized tests, this paperwork, if we were paid a fair wage, yada, 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 you know, what would you say to those teachers Mm -hmm. to encourage them or to tell them to do, to change that mentality and turn things around? Like how does inner child work help with these mindsets? That's, that's a loaded question. (laughs) standardized tests, (laughs) paperwork, wages, all of that. We could talk about the need for the change in the education system for the entire cycle of the moon. There's so much that needs to evolve. That's one of the crucial pieces, I believe, in teacher burnout. There's nothing we can do to change our education system as unhealed teachers. We can sit around and wait for those in power to fix the system, but we're going to wait forever. We can martyr ourselves to death, be the picture-perfect teacher, but that alone is not going to fix the system. To change our mentality, to change the system, we have to heal ourselves first. That old adage of you can't pour from an empty cup, it holds true with this too. We can't heal the system, we can't heal the burnout if we don't heal ourselves first. If we're in blame mode, which is easy to point our fingers at all of those broken things, (laughs) we can't heal ourselves. And inner child work is a great way to rewire our brains, therefore changing our mindsets. Remember, it's during childhood that our innate beliefs about ourselves and the world are set. So if we can go back to that part of our subconscious, we can work with those limiting beliefs, those conditioned emotions and beliefs. We can reestablish the belief that We are humans, we are worthy, and we do hold the power. We can say no, we can set priorities, we can honor firm boundaries, and if if we heal ourselves first, we can fix this system. Yes. Oh my gosh. What you just said is so powerful and so true. There is nothing that we can do as unhealed teachers to change the education system. Healing is definitely the key to all of that. And you said it just so beautifully and so powerfully. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) I've seen where you've talked about like survival self-care and I'm here for it. Can you share a little bit about your unique perspective on this? Like what exactly is survival self-care to you? Survival self-care is what keeps your head above water, just above water. Like you're still breathing, but the rest of your body is fending off the sharks. There's this misunderstanding that self-care is an activity. It's a thing that you do. But survival self-care is done with the intent to alleviate, not to actually take care of the self. So let's just use this example, a simple example of putting lotion on your skin. 
you might not think of that as a self-care activity as we've been programmed to believe that self-care is exercising and getting your nails done and taking a bath. While those things can be true self-care with the correct intent, so can something as simple as putting lotion on your skin. I mean, you can be focused on thanking your body for leading you through this day, your skin for protecting your organs. I know it sounds silly, but I use this example to help listeners understand that the intent to care for this, it it is the intent to care for the self, not the activity when used to alleviate. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like that is, that is a perfect example because I talk a lot about this in my program, the individualized educare program. I talk about how we each are unique individuals. So what is self-care for one person may not be for another, but it's all in intent. If you're, you know, going and getting your nails done and you're not really reflecting on why that is taking care of you or why that's like for me going and getting my nails done is just time that I'm able to just be by myself. I have five kids and so they're always around me all the time. And that's just my time to be like, peace out. I'm going to go and just take care of me and it just be time for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I, I really like how you said that. And then I can really see how inner child work can be helpful for implementing more you know, trauma-informed practices in the classroom. And, you know, trauma-informed practices are all the rage. So what do you think about how they're being implemented? Like, why is inner child healing important for really implementing trauma-informed practices well for our students? I think that trauma-informed practices are essential, but training teachers on these practices and then expecting them to be implemented correctly and consistently is not realistic. Teachers carrying trauma are not going to be able to implement these practices effectively. And many teachers will try their best to do so, but if they are the ones in need of these practices or they're being triggered every day, they're experiencing secondhand trauma, they're not active in inner work, they don't have any connection with their own inner child regardless of trauma, these practices are going to fall to the wayside as well as not be fully embodied. Trauma-informed practices also get shoved into the corner with social-emotional learning lessons, I believe, and are often done in isolation, whether it be in weekly lessons or in isolation as in only used with labeled children. I know that everyone can benefit from trauma-informed practices, but if the teacher herself is not embodying the work as well, then it just won't be as effective in the classroom. And like I said before, kids see through. They they know. They do. They really do. And I've talked about this like on my page, how social emotional learning is not just for kids. It's for our teachers too. And, it, you know, the teacher's social emotional learning and their ability to manage their own stress really impacts their ability to then teach those skills to the students. And it's not just this one lesson per week that you're going through. So I I completely agree with what you're saying, and that is totally on the same page. So so Sierra Session for Inner Child Healing for Educators will be available Friday, July 22nd at the Summer Self-Care Conference, and it's going to be truly life-changing, I feel like, for a lot of educators. So Sierra, can you tell a little bit about 
what the listeners can learn in your session and what you're kind of presenting? In this session, I'll be talking about how to rescue, reconnect, and reparent your inner child. I will explain how I do inner child visualizations. I will talk about reconnecting with your inner child once you have come into contact with her again. With reparenting, I'll be talking about three ways to reparent by addressing needs, wants, and feelings. And this work is it is highly reliant upon honest, non-judgmental, curious self-reflection. Uh, with the downloads that go with the session, listeners will also get several journal prompts that will help them to dig deep into each section of what I talk about. I'm so excited for people to hear what you have to say because it this is a totally different way of professionally developing and then personally developing than I think what is given in lots of teacher training, lots of professional developments. So often this piece is left out and it's never thought about. And so what you're bringing is a whole new fresh outlook on how we can you know, better take care of ourselves. So lastly, before we close out, can you tell the listeners where they can find you, any other ways to connect with you or things you are offer can be on the lookout for in the future? Um, I'm currently active on Instagram at Sierra.Richards. Uh, my name is spelt funny, C-E-A-R-R-A. <laughs> I'm currently in the process of finishing a certification as well as developing a program for teachers that will address inner child work, boundaries, priorities, understanding this yourself and students as a human, as well as developing emotional intelligence as teachers and integrating that into your own personal life as well as in the classroom. I would love it if listeners would follow along over on Instagram and join in on the conversation and the community that we have growing there. Absolutely. So I just want to thank you so much, Sierra, for participating in this. I mean, I've learned a lot just from talking with you today, but as I've been following along with you, the things that you say are so thought provoking and inspiring because you have a total, like I said, you have a totally different perspective than a lot of the teacher influencers. It's so unique and so needed in the community. So I'm just thankful that I connected with you and that you were here today on the podcast. Thank you for having me on. It's It's been a, a lot of fun. <laughs> So you can see inner work is really one of the foundational steps that we can use to determine our needs, our wants, our boundaries, and so much more that are essential for taking care of our mental health as educators. Ending our summer self-care for burnout recovery series with this episode couldn't be any better because this is just one of the methods that we can do more inner work that helps benefit those other steps in our recovery. You can learn more about inner child healing with Sierra on day one of the summer self-care conference on Friday, July 22nd. Check out the links to connect with Sierra, grab your free ticket to the conference and more in the show notes. We hope to see you there and I'll catch you again in the next episode next Tuesday. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to remind you that you are a resilient teacher. If you're looking for more support in creating a sustainable, individualized self-care plan to beat burnout, squash stress, and build educator resilience, check out my online membership and course, the Individualized Educare Program at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash individualizededucareprogram. I'll see you next time. 
Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tag me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.